Good evening and welcome to another episode of Morbid Message Monday. My name is Jake. And my name is Matt. And we are here with the omelet himself, Amulet. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I don't tell know what else to say. Yeah, tell <laughs> us about tell yourself, us, buddy. Tell us, yeah, yeah. Well, my name is Amulet. I am a variety Twitch streamer from Canada, and I'm just happy to be here. That's all you got to know. Hey. Okay. Yeah, you know, very humble. I like it. I like it. I appreciate you. Today, yep. we're talking about the one, the only, the paranormal, spooky, alien, infested, infested, cryptid housing, one-of-a-kind tract of land in Utah, Skinwalker Ranch. Before we get started, I would like to say this is a tale of murder, mutilation, alien abduction, and some seriously heinous shit just on top of all of it, like necrophilia. Mm -hmm. Really just gross stuff. So viewer discretion is advised. Viewer slash listener discretion is advised. Now, Amulet, start us off. All right. Well, this all started uh, when Mexico and the USA signed the Treaty of Guadalupe. Hidalgo. I don't know. <laughs> nope, how to nope, nope. Let's, let's that. stop that. Guadalupe. Let's stop that. When they signed the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. There you go. There you go. On February 2nd, 1848, <laughs> ending the Mexican War. Guadalupe. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, okay, we already established <laughs> that you guys Hidalago? say words differently than us. <laughs> Guadalupe Hidalgo. What are you, Matt? <laughs> Uh, they signed this treaty on February 2nd, 1848, ending the Mexican War. After losing the war, Mexico the Mexican was Mexican-American War. Let's say that real quick. The, the, Mexi- the Mexican-American War. Mm-hmm. After losing the war, Mexico was forced to give up half of their land to the USA. This trade included Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, and California. Mm-hmm. 505, baby! 505! Let's go! Let's go! New Mexico province! This vast trade of land was also also forced a lot of native tribes to change authorities with the U.S. government and forced them to ne- negotiate with the U.S. government for their own land and water, which is bullshit. Well, absolute bullshit. Like, now let's going, just say yeah. we're on the side of the Native yeah, Americans yeah, in it's, this. It's complete trash. But now going to the state of Utah, one of Utah's most popular tribes at the time was the Navajo tribe or Navajo Nation. Uh, yep. The tribe was not known for making peace, but they were known for fighting and raiding land and attacking a neighboring tribe, the Ute tribe, the Ute, just the north. Utes. Ute. The Utes. Ute. Oh, is it Utes? Utes? Yeah, oh, Utes. I, thought it was, I always thought it was Ute. It's um, not, it, it, it sounds like it should be, but it's not. Yeah, the Ute, the, the Ute tribe, just north of Navajo County country. So there is a reason for this violence, I would like to say. <laughs> now, see, the Ute and the Navajo tribes used to work together in vanquishing their various enemies. They would hunt together. They would do things just essentially together. They would work together in fighting like the Apaches and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, however, in the 1700s, the Spaniards came along and they were starting to stomp around on the land. You know, they were starting to make themselves known. Now, as you know, the Spaniards weren't exactly the greatest people. So they forced several of the uh, native tribes 
out of places. Now, mm -hmm. specifically, they were trying to force the Navajo Nation out of Utah. So in the 1700s, they traded with the Utes. Uh, they traded horses, essentially in exchange for Navajo slaves. Now, later down the line during the Civil War, the Utes worked with Kit Carson, um, by the way, there's a park here called Kit Carson Memorial Park. I want you all to remember this when I read this out loud because it's not good. Um, Is there really? Yes. In a, in a military campaign against the Navajo Nation. With the U.S. government trying to get the land from these tribes, uh, they came to an agreement with the Utes basically saying, we will help you get rid of the Navajo people if you give us some of your land. Yep. It's pretty, wonder, it's pretty bad. I have to wonder good. if this didn't happen, if uh, Utah would have been not the hot spot for the Mormons. I, You know, I think it's a different time period, actually. Uh, if you look at the Mormon, um, the Mormon religion is not very old. Uh, conquest. In fact, if you look into, first of all, we're not going to talk about Mormonism. No, we're not. But it is... Nope. A harrowing tale when you look into Mormonism. In fact, if you want to listen to a podcast on Mormonism, last podcast on the left has like, I think, a six part series on Mormonism, and it is some fucking crazy shit. Like, Damn. crazy, crazy shit. Um, but, Amulet, take us away. Mm -hmm. All right. After making the uh, making a deal, the Ute tribe sold many of their peers into slavery. After this, the Utes and the U.S. government were officially allies and came up with a plan to start raiding Navajo, Navajo country after the Navajo tribe refused to give up their land. The Utes and the U.S. military started to starve the Navajo people by placing a bounty on Navajo livestock. Following this came bribery and resulted a massive Navajo surrender, making a deal between the Navajo tribe and the U.S. government, driving them from their lands and march into New Mexico's Fort Summer. This was called the Long Walk of the Navajo. And this this was something that I was actually reading about today, which was the Long Walk of the Navajo. Is and that different from the Trail of Tears? It is, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but yes. When I was reading it initially, I thought it was the Trail of Tears, but that's a whole other horrible event that we did. Yeah, essentially the Utes and Kit Carson and company um, forced the Navajo tribe out of Utah Mm -hmm. And they marched. I'm not even joking. This was a literal march from Utah into New Mexico's Fort Sumner, which I don't know if you know how far Utah is from New Mexico, but it is pretty heinous. I mean, like, goddamn, careful, don't want to piss off the Mormons, Dad. Fuck the Mormons. Just kidding. We're going to leave that alone. But, um, <laughs> shit. dude, fucking come at me. Whatever. You want to fucking come at me with your weird cult ass bullshit like i've seen i've heard tomorrow. some heinous shit they're gonna show up nice at my door and be like have you heard about fucking joseph smith we oh, heard you let's were talk about, about joseph us. smith together but yes there? we're gonna the mormons hold nothing to the messianites yeah exactly yeah, exactly that's exactly cult for cult is. let's fucking go yeah let's um, go <laughs> oh, shit. the messianites versus the mormons pay-per-view 99.99 sponsored by logan paul <laughs> <laughs> the the youths have long said that the ranch is on the path of the skinwalker and therefore will go nowhere near it. 
This was even prior to the negotiations with the U.S. government or the Spaniards. The, the Utes and the Navajos believe that the Skinwalkers have been there for at least 15 generations. They don't believe that the Skinwalkers live on the ranch, but they live nearby in an area known as the Dark Canyon. Oh, yeah, Dark Canyon. That's also cool. known as the Skinwalker, Ran- uh, Skinwalker Ridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, Skinwalker Ridge. That is another name for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, this is why so many tribes... There are so many sightings are reported at the ranch. The Ute tribe and the Navajo tribe are very serious about skinwalkers, and therefore not much is known because they keep the information very close to their culture. And this is convenient. This is very true. I like I know that skinwalkers sound like a crazy thing and all this kind of stuff, but both the Navajo and the Utes are actually quite afraid of Mm -hmm. the skinwalker. Um, Give me one moment because my mouth just went full dry. Full dry. As full to half dry. dry, not half dry, not twenty five percent dry, full dry. dry. Yeah, definitely not seventy five percent either. Don't fucking come at me with that. But um, there is a lot of information that is unknown about the Skinwalkers mm-hmm. because the Navajo Nation will not share it uh, outside of their tribe. Uh, and the same thing with the Utes. Um, now. The Utes do believe that the Navajo placed a curse on their tribe uh, for their past transgressions of selling the Navajo into slavery. It was just after the long walk of the Navajo that the skinwalkers began plaguing the Utes. Uh, A skinwalker, so to kind of explain it to everybody, for those of you who are uninitiated or unaware of what it is, is known as a witch or a shapeshifter that chooses to put on the form of what is only described as a giant wolf bear, or sometimes a coyote. Uh, the the general idea is they all have these large glowing red eyes, but not like, you know, the way that I made on the flyer where they're like flares, but like no, they're like it, They said that coals. when like a light gets shined on their eyes that they glow. But yeah, well, it's, it, kinda it's like kind of like the Bigfoot fear. Like a dull, yeah. Like it's, a like they're, it's like their eyes are glowing red mm-hmm. coals, right? Yeah. Like if you touched them, they would burn you. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Now... Uh, it's it sometimes exhibits supernatural strength as well. Mm-hmm. Like not so it's pretty much just supernaturally strong. Now placing a curse on the Ute property made it a big place to avoid. And they, they gave the name Skinwalker Ranch because of this curse. Right? Because the Skinwalkers are supposedly in Skinwalker Ridge, which is pretty much bordering uh the big tract of land known as Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Now I would like to let you all know that skinwalkers do not become skinwalkers out of nowhere. Uh, In fact, um, the Navajo Nation believes that skinwalkers become skinwalkers by doing something that is incredibly highly taboo. And I don't mean like, oh, they looked at the wrong thing on the internet. I'm talking about like murdering your close relative, like a brother, Mm -hmm. father, mom, whatever, and then having sex with a dead body. Like literally necrophilia is Mm -hmm. what leads you on the path of becoming a skinwalker. Uh, They're also highly feared in Native American lore. Like you may think of it as, oh, it's just a silly urban legend, but it is truly like 100% very much feared within Navajo culture, mainly because the skinwalker is actually the antithesis of the Navajo culture because the Mm -hmm. Navajo nation is made up of medicine men and primarily healers, right? And while, yes, we said that they were very much, like, non-peaceful and, and attacked the Utes, you have to remember, the Utes kind of fucking had it coming when it came to the Navajo Nation. Oh, they were dicks. 
yeah, the Navajo Nation were made up of healers uh, who used good magic in order to mm-hmm. heal, right? And and again, this is three white dudes talking about the Navajo Nation. I know it's probably not the most fucking top of the line <laughs> thing that you've heard all day, but we're talking about it from what we've read and what mm-hmm. we know. By no yeah. means are we experts Research, on Native baby. American culture. Yeah. Like in any way, shape, or form, we don't see ourselves as much as that. But either way, what I've learned is essentially the Navajo were good healers using good magic to do so. However, mm-hmm. they did know of both sides. They knew of the good magic and they knew of the evil, dark magic, right? Now, in order to become a skinwalker, like I said, you must complete a, a commit a deeply seated taboo, mm-hmm. such as murdering a family member and desecrating their dead body. This, of course, never stopped anyone from occupying the land. And that's actually when the madness began. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we're going to go in starting from when the Skinwalker Ranch started having people that were not the Ute tribe or the Navajo people. So this you all mean the in, white folk? This is yes, the white folks. The yes. White so <laughs> in 1905, that's when all the white folk started moving into the ranch. <laughs> as early as 1905. Yeah, look over here, Bertha. The ranch was a small, tiny uh, town. It was like a small little village, basically, mm-hmm. with dirt roads, horses. And yeah, you basically get the idea. Yeah, Red people... Dead Redemption 2. Yes, yeah. exactly. The village you go through, kill Cowboys, everyone, they don't feel yeah. News, Newspaper reports profiled strange noises in the basin, also known as the valley. The homesteaders started seeing unexplained phenomena. Mm-hmm. Hearing mm-hmm. weird noises and loud bangs, weird screaming sounds that didn't sound like any animal they were familiar with. So what could that be? <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, like they, that, thank right? you. Yeah, I, yeah. That's what I'm here for. Like, I'm sorry. Back then, if you hear something like that and you're living there, it's time to move. Dude, it's God. <laughs> it's God <laughs> telling you something, dude. And God is on it's his way. It's time to go. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, time yeah. to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, well, seeing, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. And seeing UFOs or UAPs, a st- the, the new name, the unidentified aerial phenomena. Yes, and I personally, I don't think that's a good name. I, I think they should just stick with UFOs, but I like whatever. UFO. Yeah. But they were seeing UFOs or UAP sightings in the sky. People had medical episodes as well. Everything from incidents of nausea, perception-altering experiences, vertigo, and temporary paralysis. One of the homesteaders was the one of the homesteaders were the, the Myers family who abandoned their original homestead and built a new one on the east side of the large tract of land now, or is now known as Skinwalker Ranch. Before we get into the Myers, I will say I think UAP makes more sense than an identified flying object because there are sometimes just lights in the sky. Those don't always end up being flying objects. They could actually be unidentified aerial phenomenon like the Phoenix lights. I don't consider that a UFO sighting. I consider that a phenomenon. Uh, I consider that, that Phoenix trying to hold on to the little shred of popularity that they have. <laughs> I love all the clickbait videos on YouTube about I freaking love it. First owners of the ranch brought bought the land in 1934 and lived there all the way up to 1994. The, and sold the property to the Sherman family. When the Myers lived on the ranch, all was normal. Like, for some reason, everything that happened with the homesteaders that lived on the ranch before them just vanished. While they owned the property until 1994, the Myers family did leave the ranch in 1987. In this time, however, the, the Uinta 
Basin became a hotbed for UFO you activity. Uinta Basin. Uinta Basin became a hotbed for UFO activity and strange sightings. This includes hundreds of reports of UFOs, strange aircrafts in the sky, unexplained lights, vehicles moving at inhuman speeds, and much more. So basically, as you notice, we're not just talking about only skinwalkers, but we're also getting into the topic of UFOs and UAPs. Two yes. different things at once, because skinwalkers don't fly, as we know of. Nope. So we're getting into two different things now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something interesting about Skinwalker Ranch in general, is there's like a huge paranormal side, right? There's even like ghost horror. sightings, essentially. Yeah, we're yeah. not going to talk about any of those, but there's like everything from UFOs to Bigfoot. Like, there's a bunch. Mm-hmm. Now... Mm-hmm. These weren't even the first sightings of UFO activity. Uh, The Spaniards, the very same that we talked about earlier, uh, who traveled through the area as early as 1700 have stories of seeing crafts in the sky over their campfires. Now, by the 1970s, the Utah Highway Patrolmen stopped filling out incident reports because of the sheer number of UFO reports made by locals. These reports included things such as like giant fireballs in the sky, giant cigar-shaped spacecraft, not dissimilar to the reports made by the Navy just recently, cattle mutilations, and large animals with glowing red eyes. A chilling details, many of the reports stated they saw living beings in the portholes and windows of said crafts. Yeah. And that that is, that is actually quite true. Now, before we get into what I consider the meat mm-hmm. of this story, um, the Myers family themselves didn't see a lot of these phenomenons, right? They saw very little. It was really their neighbors and the folks in the surrounding area Mm -hmm. that saw all of the actual insanity. Um, But Amulet, bring us in on uh, on our next little bit here. All right. So the next family to own the property was Terry and Gwen Sherman. Like Jake said, this is where all the juicy stuff starts. So you're going to want to listen to this. The juice. See... Terry and Gwen Sherman, they bought the ranch in 1994 off of, what, what was her name? Uh, Kenneth and Eve Myers. There we go. Um, they were super excited yeah, to own this go. huge ranch because for the longest time, it was their dream to m- move away from the city mm. and live on a farm or, in this case, a ranch. I just want to live a simple country life. That's what yep. they wanted to do. Yep. Cracker Barrel style. Oh, hell yeah, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good place. Yeah, and it is now, what it's called, you know? It's just a bunch of white people yep. in a barrel. It's <laughs> always what it is, too. Yep. <laughs> Go to a Cracker Barrel and tell me I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. I've never seen... Yeah, I've never seen different... Yep. I also don't go there very much. So. The same. Cracker Barrel is... I go there all the time yeah, and when I cross solid. the border. Uh, oh, I there you go, America. man. Yep. Now, the ranch stood empty for seven years prior to the Sherman's purchase. Upon arrival, they found that pretty much every single door had a deadbolt on, like like a deadbolt on it. This included kitchen cabinets, and either end of the home, large stakes were installed with huge metal chains. The Shermans assumed that there there were large guard dogs at the time, so but they never yeah. found out. That's the story well, you tell yourself why they're using 40-pound chains to hold yeah, guard dogs. It's definitely not to hold the humans. No, um, this wasn't but, for Bigfoot. It was nope. for a dog. Yeah, absolutely. And and the weird detail that I thought was, like, why are the cabinets deadbolted? Like, yeah. how unsafe did the people actually feel? Well, it's entirely possible, like, if they were dealing with, like, multiple paranormal phenomena, like something was opening the, you know, the cabinets absolutely. and, like, that slamming them yeah. open. 
this is when we we think of the ghosts and stuff, right? Like the poltergeist yeah, and yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah, of this stuff. This is where that kind of comes into play because you're like, why would you deadbolt your cabinets unless something was like throwing them open in the middle of the night? I'd actually really like to know more about the Shermans in general. Like, mm-hmm. were they plagued by ghosts? There's like a ton of information about Skinwalker Ranch that we're just like glossing just over. over. Right oh, now. Yeah, it's it's a huge topic for sure. Now, the very first day that the Shermans moved in was their first out-of-the-ordinary sighting. The family spotted a large wolf, or like coyote-type creature, and was trying to drag a calf through the corral bars. I mean, there's nothing weird about this. Like, coyotes and wolves gotta eat, too. Cattle are a prime target, especially out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, But... You know, they didn't want their cattle to be mutilated, destroyed, whatever. Uh, so Terry Sherman and his father actually ran to the creature. They started beating the shit out of it. And like really like punching, kicking, screaming obscenities uh, in hopes that it would let go of the calf and run. However, this did not happen. Yeah. yeah. When all else failed, Terry pulled out his 357 Magnum, which uh, if you're not American, me personally, I don't know guns. Uh, but if it's it's essentially a you're pistol. Canadian showing <laughs> it's, it's it's a big ass pistol. It's it's it's, it's a, Dirty yeah. Harry's revolver. Yeah, Dirty Harry's revolver is a three fifty seven yeah. magnum. Yeah. Um, and with this gun, they um, Terry shot the creature point blank, but mm-hmm. all the bullets did was just bounce off the creature. Which mm-hmm. Terry in shock just kept shooting the creature and still no sign of pain. This didn't stop the creature from holding on to the calf. After shooting the creature numerous more times, the creature finally let go and just stayed there, staring at the two men. It took several more shots for the creature to finally scurry off amazingly, leaving no trail of blood or even a sign of injury to the creature. Now, the men decided to follow the tracks of the creature for about a mile until they simply ended, as if the wolf or coyote vanished into thin air. Mm -hmm. Only a couple weeks later... Gwen Sherman was witness to another event. Gwen was the the wife of Terry and, and the, the mother of the home. A large wolf, and I mean like huge, like the, the back yeah, of the like, wolf was up to her windshield, essentially. Right. right? Or back windshield. like Thor like, size wolf. Like a dire wolf. Yeah, like a dire right? wolf. There you go. That's a good, yeah. It was seen outside of her car window, and it was accompanied by a dog-like creature. She couldn't get, like, a great look at this, and thankfully nothing came of it. Um, but this was truly the only beginning of the phenomenons that happened to the Shermans. The next two years were filled with seemingly nonstop moments of terror, fright, horror, and everything in between uh, for the Shermans and their neighbors. Got to give them props, though, for making it two years. Dude, the fucking wolf and said, nope. Yep. The Myers <laughs> made it nearly 60, so I don't know. Yeah, That's true. But yet again, where there was no reports from the Myers. That's the thing. Well, none that we know of. I mean, yeah. I mean, 60 years, you would think nothing really happened to them. All right. Well, (laughs) uh, while the Myers, well, not the Myers, the Shermans were on the ranch, perfectly healthy cattle started dropping dead out of the blue, or in other other words, being mutilated. Not only were these daylight mutilations, but these were very strange and bizarre surgically precise dissections. Precise. (laughs) Surgically precise. Is it precise in Canada? Is it precise? It's precise. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. No. I. I actually. I had to ask. I mean, you're. You're. It's a different culture. You. You cued us into a bunch of words that we did not know. Hey, you guys yeah. said different. Yeah. So. Absolutely. 
we spell a lot of things differently here in Canada. We have a U in color. Yeah, it's a lot of different neighbor, stuff. Neighbor. Neighbor. Yep. <laughs> we have it's a different. U in neighbor. Yep. Um, Boot. Precise dissections that cannot not be done by any animal. They were drained of their blood, and there was no blood to be found around them. Now, so what, per- could, so what could have caused this? I honestly, that I, yeah. I question that. Like that was one of the strangest things that I've read about. Like what happened in the case of the Shermans is like blood was devoid of the situation yeah, as a were whole. Just, they were just holes. Well, and we yeah. see several cattle mutilations, like. Mm-hmm. 25% of their entire herd, right? Like were lost within the two years that they were there. Yeah. But uh, a peculiar case was when one of the several mutilated cows was found with a hole in its left eyeball, like a perfectly bored hole yeah. in its eyeball. If now, another one was found. You'll probably be able to find it. Yeah, no, you can find, there's photos of this. Like there are thing. there's yeah. like physical evidence to show. Uh, now, another one was found with a larger hole in its other eyeball, but yeah. the strangest of all the cattle mutilations that I personally found was a cow with an 18-inch cavity where its rectum used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this just led to a hole in its body cavity. Again, none of these mutilations were found with any sort of blood and any of the site and each had a very distinct chemical smell now as stated before these were performed at a surgical level that most humans couldn't even perform especially considering the complete lack of blood and the situation right i mean you're out in the middle of a field you're not going to perform like a Mm -hmm. picture sorry (laughs) sorry Anna's just staring at me. <laughs> I looked over. She's got like you know like a like one of those face masks, oh. uh, and it's like one of the scary ones. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I'm just like, like uh, um, oh my god, a mortuary assistant. Oh okay. You know those ones? Oh. You've seen them. You've seen yeah. them. You guys have seen them. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, like I said, the the situation all in all is just impossible to Mm -hmm. say Um, because there were no footprints, no animal tracks, no anything. And even if there were, it wouldn't make sense that these things were done at a surgical level by any sort of animal, Mm -hmm. Um, which really leads me to only believe that it could have been done by some sort of extraterrestrial entity. Aliens. (laughs) Aliens. Uh, in the span of the two years the Shermans lived there, about 25% of the herd was lost. Another event witnessed by Cher- Terry Sherman was a large hyena-like creature he described as roughly 200 pounds and low to the ground. It was attacking a horse of his, and when he went to intervene, the creature vanished right before his eyes. Can you just, like, imagine, though, like this, like, <laughs> like a big old hyena, dude, 200 pounds, low yeah. to the ground. Yep. You're fucking going over there because you're big, strong Terry Sherman, by the way. What I was going to say, first the, of the all, balls on this, let, dude. The, the horse is gone. Like, just let it happen. Just let the horse die. Yeah. Like, I'm so well, sorry, but, like. That horse is gone, man. I'm not going Terry over there. 200 has pounds. That balls, though. Yeah, Terry no, Sherman is back, back to the nuts, back to dude. the calf being attacked through the fence. They literally before they grabbed the gun, they started beating the shit out of it. Yeah, what kind yeah. of like, badass? <laughs> like, you know what? That thing's intimidating, but I'm gonna go punch it. It's supposed <laughs> to be in Australia, but I'm gonna go kick the shit out of it. Fucking hyena. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, zero percent of that. Yep. Sounds good. Um. 
So neighbors reported seeing completely out of the ordinary animals such as exotic birds, tall dark beast, and some even reported sightings of a Sasquatch. <laughs> We're getting the Bigfoot territory now. Bigfoot territory, boys. We're going the Bigfoot. <laughs> the Sherman started getting a lot of UFO or UAP sightings. A lot of random noises coming from the Mesa. Farm equipment ending up in trees. And we're not talking about like, we're not talking about like small hand tools. We're talking about like, like a post digger, like a yeah, huge, like yeah. a heavy equipment ending up in trees. Just some very similar stuff the homesteaders witnessed back in like the early 1900s. Yeah, no, like no. really crazy, the, the crazy. The fact that stuff. they made it longer than two years if this was truly happening to them, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, it was probably just the husband being like stubborn. He was just stubborn. He was just the the normal stubborn nah, American this guy. This is real. I didn't just ah, see no the worry. fucking hyena. We we've waited this long to live on a ranch. We're not moving. God damn it, Gwen! We're not leaving the farm. I just didn't shoot it hard enough this time. I'll get it next time. I'm gonna go get stronger rounds. <laughs> Oh man! Now the nail in the coffin for uh, of the ranch for the Shermans happened on an evening in May of 1996, when Terry Sherman was outside with his three dogs. Now this is sad. Everybody who mm -hmm. loves dogs, you're gonna get sad. So mm -hmm. get ready. He noticed a blue light appear in the sky. He was darting around the field near their ranch house. I we also didn't state this, but they saw many many occurrences of different types of lights just kind of yeah. like flying around mm -hmm. uh in the house, sky above them. Now he urged his dogs to chase after it, and so they did. Sherman then heard three horrific yelps, and when he called for his dogs to return, he got no response. The next morning, he went on a search for his dogs. He happened across a site that was truly out of like a science fiction, like horror film. He found three greasy lumps inside of a scorched spot. None of the dogs were ever seen again. That's, uh, that's it's, definitely it's rough, be, dude. I like, well. like this blue light turned them into butter. Like, how does that even into butter? How does that even happen? Butter. What even is that? And, butter. and like, I want to also like, state here that the Shermans have nothing to gain no. by telling anybody these stories. Like they just look like a bunch of lunatics when no. they talk about this stuff. Like the only thing that they actually gained was being able to get out of there relatively yeah. quick. Yeah. Like well, they, after your dogs get juicified, like what else are you going to do? <laughs> Jesus <I> mean, fucking. <laughs> like, <laughs> If nothing else scared you, the fact that your dogs just got obliterated by some unknown light. Doggo butter, it's got a little bite. Jesus fucking Christ, Madness. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're making steaks tonight. Nope, no, we're not. Okay. Jesus Christ. Ona just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, all, right. all right well oh, finally God. finally after two years of strange shit going on in this ranch the Shermans mm -hmm. finally went public about their sightings and yeah. wound up in a 1996 edition of the desert news a utah desert newspaper news. so uh they're famous now folks they are. Their their plan was to sell the ranch to the first buyer so they can vacate right away. 
But before even putting it up for sale, millionaire Robert Bigelow approached them after reading the article and purchased the ranch for $200,000. Keep in mind, at the time, that's... I mean, 1996, that's not bad, $200,000. Yeah, like, that, that's... Yeah, well, today, ranch. it's like worth like 400, like, not 400, like Still, though, million. after reading that article, what goes through your mind makes you think, hmm... I well, Robert Bigelow is an interesting oh, character. Who we'll, we'll find into. out. We'll find out about that in a few true. minutes. Yeah, absolutely. He had the Sherman signed an NDA, also known as a non-disclosure agreement, mm-hmm. agreeing to no longer speak of what they had seen on the ranch. The deal was made, and the Shermans were finally free. Can you Obviously, imagine? Obviously, the deal wasn't made officially because we're finding I mean, out about this stuff now. Well, no, no, that's not technically true. Like. The only stuff we know from the Shermans mm-hmm. are what they released to this newspaper. Right. Like, because everything they after have, that we don't know. They have yeah. probably hundreds of stories that they could share that they're not allowed to because they actually did sign an NDA. He wants the exotic butters. But now, now we need to find out who the who who the hell is Robert Bigelow? Well, and why did he make them sign an NDA? We're going to have to find that out, and we will. Because Robert Bigelow is, a, is a, an interesting character in this story. No. Uh, he is a millionaire uh, businessman who happens to be really into ufology. Uh, now, okay. Robert Bigelow came in with his science team, NIDS, National Institute of Discovery Science. But it is now known today as the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. Say that five times fast. That was funded by the U.S. government from the years Bigelow, 1996. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. It's a big Bigelow word. Aerospace he's, he's almost studies. there. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> my, name is, my name is Matt. His name is Amulet. I, I know. I said he's almost there. And you, realize, you realize the, uh, the, the smaller version of that is Bass? It's Bass, yeah. No, I work I know. for Bass. bass. <laughs> I work for Bass. We're a fishing company. (laughs) Now, from the years 1996 to 2012 are when these studies took place. Over $22 million were spent on doing research of the ranch, UFOs, cattle mutilation, and various other paranormal topics, even as far as to, say, like poltergeists and stuff of that nature. Mm. It was watched and guarded by 24-hour surveillance. Now... In 2004, the NIDS reported little success in their findings and disbanded. This, however, was quickly replaced by Bass, which was much more secretive about their findings and even had an apparent government sponsor. In fact, Luis Elizondo, a military intelligence officer of the Pentagon. Hmm. Yeah, the Pentagon. Ever heard of it? It's serious. Amulet. You're in Canada. You know what the Pentagon is? I saw it in Transformers and (laughs) X-Men. Why is it called the Pentagon? Because Because it's it's (laughs) five-sided. Have you ever seen the Pentagon? Have you ever Googled it? I've Googled it, yes. Okay. All right, good, good. Well, I I was going to – we'll leave that out. Um, (laughs) This shadowy project was partially funded by Nevada Senator Harry Reid, who was a longtime friend of Robert Bigelow. Now, none of this information was publicly was public knowledge until 2017 when the New York Times, those nosy bastards, released it, uh, and a depart- Department of Defense official confirmed it. Mm-hmm. Harry Reid then admitted to his complicity. <laughs> Hold on a second. What is killing you right now? What? what? She's oh, she's laughing. I, I want to know. Oh, what it is. okay. To this day, the Department of Defense does not acknowledge the existence of the program. However, 
They did state that it shut down in 2012, and several pieces of the information are still considered oh. highly classified. Good, so it didn't exist, but there was something that it made. Yeah, they, literally yeah. they're like, this isn't real. But yeah. it did go away in 2012. <laughs> yep. So as Jake just said, the program was shut down in 2012. That year, the contract with Advanced Aviation Threat Identification expired, and it was not renewed due to the concern that Elizondos? Oh, my God. Oh, I, I just can't. said it. Elizondo. Elizondo, that the information went public. It would be seen as misappropriation of taxpayer dollars. Now, as we've stated, most of the research done during this period is considered highly classified within the government. So seeing it is not likely and therefore somewhat a mystery. What we do know is that a lot of the professional scientists that worked on the ranch have said that they refuse to ever set foot on the ranch again for the rest of their lives, which I don't fucking blame them. Don't blame them at all. No, not at all. Another thing we know is that clearly some crazy shit happened on the ranch that made Bigelow and the government stop doing studies and sell the property to Brandon Fuel, the current owner of the ranch. Yes. In 2016, Robert Bigelow sold the ranch to Brandon Fugel of Adamantium Holdings. Uh, and it was sold for a report, a rumored, um, we don't know like the exact sell, selling mm -hmm. offer, but $4.5 million. So he bought it for 200,000 and sold it for 4.5 million. And Damn. this Brandon Fugel fellow must've just thought, oh, well, this is really mysterious. I'm going to buy well. it. So if if you're wondering who Brandon Fugel is, he is a a, a, a realtor a realtor or real estate agent. If you just want to know, hmm. okay, yeah. So that's why yeah, he's so that's rich. Literally it. Yeah, that's why he's that's why he's, he's a just, big, he just big has money rich. In real estate, right? Yeah. And Analyst, why... you have a, you have a wonderful evening. No, none of us had said it. So. <laughs> I did. Okay, night. Matt said it. Never mind. Oh wait, there he is. Yeah, Matt from TechMass. Yeah, Never mind. I said, I said just it. ignore me. It's yeah. a lot now, of bathrooms to clean. Now, from 2016 to today, Brandon has hired a team of scientists to do studies on the ranch and try to figure out what is going on. This team consisted of Travis Taylor, an astrophysicist, Eric Bard, the principal investigator for the ranch, Thomas Winterton, the ranch supervisor, a uh, superintendent, and Jim Jim Morse, Jim Morse, ranch manager, and Brian Arnold, also known as Dragon, as his nickname. <laughs> Fucking, yep. fucking awesome ass. Can call me dragon. Uh, you can call me dragon. Uh, no yeah. one's getting to this castle. Yeah. And he is the head of security. Now there's a, a bunch of more people that he hired. We're just oh. they're just useless. They're, they're yeah, useless. they're useless. Yeah, they have they have no purpose. <laughs> like on nobody, the ranch, nobody's apparently. as cool as dragon. You have to stop yeah. a dragon. Yeah, you gotta stop a dragon, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so cool with, with that babe. Everything they have done on the ranch so far has been put into three a three season show called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on the History Channel. Now, thank you for the sponsorship funny. History Channel for <laughs> <laughs> for this plug. Hashtag not sponsored. Now, <laughs> back to the dragon part. This the, the show is pretty funny because whatever they call Brandon Fugel, they're like. Brandon Fugel's on the phone. Dragon, what do you got for me? <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. So it's so funny. <laughs> on the show, they have done a lot of experiments that keep getting more and more expensive and crazier. When they find more... Oh my gosh. 
They, get, they keep getting crazier whenever they find more evidence. We highly, mainly me, I highly <laughs> recommend you this watch the show. This is not necessarily the opinion of Techmas, but the opinion of Amun as an individual. <laughs> but we highly recommend you watch the show. This is not the opinion of Techmas, but Amulet as an individual. <laughs> a lot of recommend the show because it's just uh, amazing and shocking with how many crazy things they discover. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to talk about the show because we don't want to spoil it. And we want you, you, the viewer or listener, to enjoy it for yourselves. But if you want to watch some crazy shit, The Secret <laughs> of Skinwalker Ranch on History Channel, hashtag not sponsored, sponsored is definitely sponsored. worth watching when you can find the time. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, w- I did watch a little bit of it. I think I watched mm-hmm. like an episode-ish. Like an episode, and it was it was definitely interesting. Uh, I will be I will give you all a fair warning. This is just my opinion. It's got some real ghost hunter vibes. Um, oh yeah, yeah it like, definitely does. like it definitely, definitely does. there are points where like nothing is happening, and they're like, "Did you guys feel that? Oh my god, yeah. the magnetic field! It's getting me." But like you know, there's definitely some some good stuff. It's not full on ghost hunters. Yeah. Um, however, there you have it, folks. Yeah, that was a uh, Skinwalker Ranch. A fascinating tale of the truly strange things mm-hmm. from the paranormal world. Oh. And it fits in here because it's more of a message would, why, why the fuck would you buy that place? Like, why? Why would uh, you the, want... Let's talk about that. purposes. Yeah, I mean, like, you think about, like, the world ufology and the people who are really into this stuff. They mm-hmm. want to own the property. I mean, there are people well, who uh, want yeah, to own the murder houses. That. Right. And there are people who want to own these really horrible, awful things. They want to own murder weapons and, and yeah. paintings from prisoners and stuff like that. So yeah. when you think about owning this giant tract of land that's a hotbed for paranormal activity, I'm sure plenty of people ears, people's ears Can perk up. Can you just imagine, though, owning it and, like, the weird, like... You know that you, you get that feeling, like, when you're walking through your house and it's dark? Mm-hmm. But, like, can you imagine that while you're walking outside at night in this fucking place? Do you think Brandon Fugel lives there? He doesn't. No, I know no. he doesn't like, live there, but, like, obviously, go obviously they go. Yeah, do. somebody goes there. So, like, that sure. feeling of walking yeah. around at night, like, whatever. They're going out to have a cigarette, something like that. But, like, just, oh, God. You oh, dude, balls absolutely. of steel like the Shermans. You need a yeah. name like the Dragon. Okay. Yeah, you need a name like the Dragon to deal with the Skinwalkers. Yeah, but, well, no, and and that's an interesting thing. And fun fact, I know I've talked about Post Malone here before, but he actually visited Skinwalker Ranch as well. Wait, did did, he, did really? he? Yeah, hundred percent. Really? Yep. Fuck. Just just add it to the the list of what the fucks from Post just, Malone. Just just getting the <laughs> Skinwalkers high as hell with the weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, freaking chilling. No, it's interesting. I mean, like the whole the whole world of Skinwalker Ranch is really interesting. And I would like to say we've just barely like scratched the surface. There's a lot to it. There were a lot of stories around, like surrounding the place. Well, so, there's a book. I believe yeah. it's called Hunt for the Skinwalker, mm. uh, and it's written by George Knapp and Colm Kelleher, uh, and it is a really, really highly detailed um, story of yeah. Skinwalker Ranch prior to the prior to this TV show. I mean, like all of the things that had happened at Skinwalker Ranch that anybody could say are detailed within this book. Yeah. Uh, right. and definitely worth checking out. So if you are interested in learning more about uh, the Skinwalker Ranch, um, definitely look into that. Make sure you check out the show as well. Uh, and uh, guys, thank you so much for freaking yeah. 
talking about Skinwalker Ranch tonight. This is mm-hmm. an interesting, interesting episode. And like I said, we've barely scratched the surface. There's yeah. still so yeah, much more so to much know. Stuff. And there's still so much more that'll be found out uh, as time moves on, as time mm-hmm. you know progresses. Right. So Amulet. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Thank you for doing all this Happy freaking research, here. man. Yeah, you killed it. Great. definitely a topic that I was really interested in. And I was like, hey, I know you guys have a podcast and I love to talk <laughs> about it with you guys. So I was like, I hit you up and then it happened. So yeah, Happy you, to you, be here. you did it the right way, buddy. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll use this as an example. If you, if you are a listener or viewer that wants to be on the show and you have a topic you'd like to talk about, reach out to us. Absolutely. If you're not in our Discord, send us a message on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Yeah, figure it out. Absolutely. And in fact, we do have uh, somebody else coming next week uh, with a very similar story. I'll let you guess who it is. Uh, We're not going to say it out loud because I'm sure none of you will be shocked. But (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know who it is. You know who it is. But uh, we're going to be talking about a horrific case of cannibalism in Germany. And I'm super Mm -hmm. excited to talk about that. We haven't talked about cannibals yet. We haven't talked a lot about cannibals, that's for damn sure. Yeah, like really the know. totally not the skinwalkers dissecting cows and eating them alive and draining their blood is not... Nah, that's not heroin. Not, all right. It's not, it's not cannibalism, man. <laughs> Unless <laughs> it was the cows. They were doing it to each other. Cows were eating Surgical precision. Know. Cows secretly have a surgical fucking blade. Skinwalkers, they're, they're shapeshifters. You never know. Yeah, you never true. know. You truly... Yeah. Never know. In fact, there is one other tale of cannibalism. I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but it happened in Canada, and it was under uh, from a gentleman Sweet. named Bruce MacArthur, oh, um, yeah. who was kidnapping and murdering several men. Uh, and it was, wow, freaking crazy, crazy stuff. Very, very, like, insane. In fact, there's an episode on Netflix of uh, Catching Killers about him. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend watching. Let me know, actually. Uh in the comments below or in chat right now, if you'd like us to do one on Bruce MacArthur, because that one, that one's pretty crazy. In fact, we found a couple pretty cool ones that we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about. But folks, that is where we end our story on the Skinwalker mm-hmm. Ranch. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, don't forget to check out the rest of the content here on both the YouTube and Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. We have several episodes, so make sure you check those out as well. Mm-hmm. Hope you have a great day, night, evening, whatever happens to be that you're having. And well, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.